This is Andre from the Peace Talks podcast, and I am here with... Uh, my name is Anthony Mercer with the Peace Times podcast as well. And just a little quick icebreaker. How you been, man? I mean, I've been doing good, man. Life is good. You know, I'm getting ready to graduate, getting ready to walk the stage and, and begin the next uh, phase of my life. So that's something I'm really looking forward to. And also, I know you're a big sports guy. Of course, of course. So how do you feel about LeBron in L.A. this season? Um, right now, um, it, it looks the, the Lakers' playoff chances look pretty slim right now. And um, I think uh, their success this year hasn't been huge. But I think their downfall has a lot to do with the injuries. I know LeBron missed 17, 18 games this year. Uh, Cal Kuzma missed a ton of games. Lonzo Ball missed a ton of games. And their coaching isn't the best. And so I think uh, it's a lot of you know blame to, to kind of go around, a little bit of unprofessionalism with the players, with the trade talks and, and things of that nature. So, uh, But I do believe that LeBron individually has been great this season. Um, he passed Jordan this year in all-time points, which is amazing. Um, he came back from his injury averaging a triple-double. Uh, they just didn't go on the winning streak that they need to get in the to get into the playoffs uh, after the All-Star break. So do you think LeBron passing Jordan makes him a better player, or is it just another milestone for his career? Well, you know, I've always thought LeBron James uh, was the greatest basketball player we have ever seen. Um, it, it, it's more than about scoring uh, with LeBron. LeBron James is a ball player. Um, he affects the game in a multiple different ways offensively and defensively as well. I know he gets a lot of uh, flack uh, for, for him playing, you know, with the lack thereof of him not playing defense. And I just think, you know, he may he may take plays off. He, he is getting older. Uh, but also, you know, I think he's doing great for that team. And, um, and I, I do think he is better than Jordan. Uh, we've never seen a, a player like him before. Are you sure about that? Or is that just your LeBron bias? You know, it's it's not it's it's not a it's not it's really not a bias. You know, if you look at um, if you if if you're asking which player is better, I want you to look at let's look at some individual achievements here. Uh, a lot of MJ fans that has MJ bias, their biggest argument are team accomplishments, which would be the six championships. I can go out on the limb and tell you that LeBron James has more total points. He has more total of rebounds. He has more total assists. Um, he has more uh, clutch baskets in the playoffs. Uh, we have never seen anything like uh, LeBron James, somebody so versatile. I think he is the best overall player to ever uh, play the game. So Jordan isn't versatile to you at all? I'm not saying Jordan isn't versatile. What I'm saying is LeBron is more versatile. Um, I think LeBron being able to play positions one through five on the floor um, is a strength of his. But I believe LeBron's greatest strength um, is his mind, his ability to uh, put players in positions to be successful. That's why I think he's such a great facilitator. His basketball IQ is off the charts. And the way he's able to consistently score is amazing. People will tell you people like Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant are, are better scorers. 
I, I don't necessarily agree. My follow-up to that is, how are they better scorers if LeBron James can score more points on less shots? That's my biggest uh, takeaway in that regard. So on to that, you said he makes his teammates better. Mm-hmm. I don't all the way believe that because okay. after he leaves teams that he's been on, they end up in shambles. Right. Meaning he may do it for the time he's there, but as their careers go on, that really doesn't matter anymore because he's now left and now they don't have to rely on him. Because every I, I notice this on every team he's been on, they have to rely on him so much because he demands that all that attention that some people may not thrive in that situation. For say Kevin Love, for <coughs> sakes, he was he had he almost had a nervous breakdown. He had a nervous breakdown when he was playing with them. All right, I think I think something that, that they can attribute to that is I feel like LeBron makes other people better around him. But LeBron James, another reason why I believe he's the he's the go is because his his single impact of just having him on your team is the single greatest impact we have ever seen out of any athlete, I believe, in, in my generation or maybe even in previous generations. This man can take your team to the finals, and as soon as he's off your team, your team is a lottery team. Now, I do believe he's made some players better. Uh, one player I think he made better is Kyrie Irving. Um, this year, we have seen Kyrie Irving increase in, with Boston and field goal uh, efficiency, and we've seen him, I think, is the highest in assists. Kyrie Irving, before LeBron, was a very good basketball player, but now he's beginning to become great. Um, and I think that is a testament to him playing with LeBron. Um, LeBron, I feel like, has made uh, people like role players better. I would say somebody on the lines of like a J.R. Smith, somebody who might have been out the league um, if the Cavaliers didn't trade for him. We've all of us, you know, seem to forget that 2016 Finals. We want to give all the praise to Kyrie for hitting that shot. LeBron got the block. He got the free throw to uh, make it a two-possession game, and J.R. Smith had 20 points that game. That's something that we don't want to talk about, but that's something that definitely happened. All right. I have more rebuttals, but this can go on all day. Right, it can. <laughs> you have your opinion, I have mine. Yeah, we can agree to disagree. Right. So I have another question for you, non-sports related. Okay. How do you reflect on your 2018 coming in 2019? Um, my 2018 was um, it was a good year. It was a it was a year. It's like a roller coaster year uh, for me. Um, I could I could go out on the limb and say you know I had the ability to fly on my airplane for the first time. You know, going to Cape Town, South Africa, visiting the the Osa people in the Amazon Oyetu community. Um, I could also say that you know, sometimes we're in some relationships that uh, it just don't work out. So, just reflecting on that, um, those are two kind of highlights of my 2018. Uh, but going into 2019, you know, I'm getting ready to graduate. Um, going back to Africa again. Um, I'm single, um, which is always a plus, uh, which, which is always a plus. Um, 
like I said, man, I'm going to this next phase of my life, getting ready to go to law school, um, getting ready to put forth, to sacrifice these three years of my life, and so I can set up for the rest of my life. So that's my whole breakdown of my 2018 going into my 2019. All right, last question. How do you balance school and life as in your college years? Because I know a lot of people struggle with that, even myself sometimes. But I know some people could use this advice or get it from a student's perspective, at least, on the balance of working, being in school, and trying to do what you want to do also outside of school. Um, I think it's important to prioritize. You know what I'm saying? Sit down and ask yourself what's worth it. You know, a lot when you in school, your focus should be school. If you got a job and you at school and work, go out here and get this money. I think, I think, what a lot of college students really battle with is not the school and work composition, but it's the social life in school composition. A lot of us have these are in these relationships, especially in college, uh, where a lot of people are too overly concerned uh, with relationships and being in love that they lose focus on what they're here for. They're losing focus on what they want to do for the rest of their lives, and that's why we're in college in the first place. Um, a lot of people are really losing focus on that. They'd rather be, and I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with being in a relationship, but every, anything over moderation can become toxic. You know, anything in moderation can become good, but if you have too much of anything, it can be gone bad. So I, I, I say prioritize um, your life, what's important to you, and just go from there. And as far as networking for whatever career people want to be in, who should people try to align themselves with to get themselves in a better place afterwards? Because we all know college isn't all about being in class and going home. It's right. about getting involved a little bit, knowing the different kinds of people and different kinds of activities. Right. So I would say, I got this famous saying that says, birds with the same feathers flock together. And um, I want to be an attorney, um, so I'm flocking with attorneys. I'm interning at law firms. Um, if you want to be a politician, I'm flocking with politicians. Um, if you want to be a doctor, I'm in some type of medical field. I'm around doctors. Um, whatever you want to be in life, keep that around you. If you, if you want to be a musician, hang around musicians. Um, because I, I do believe that if you're around w what you want to be and where you want to go, there's going to be support. So it kind of goes hand in hand. Because a lot of times when we keep the, the wrong company and we're around the bad crowd, not only do we not get off, not only do we get off focus from what we want, but also we're not gonna have that support and what we focus in. So it's really kind of like double trouble. So if you if as far as networking is concerned, whatever you want to do and whatever you want to be, I will be around uh, that crowd and that audience. All right. Anything else you would like to tell to the people who are listening? Um. Listen, man. It's a you know I'm a sports guy. A uh, lot of lot of good stuff going on um, in the NFL nowadays. Um, I really like the fact how a lot of players 
are starting to take control of their own careers. Um, this is a, there's another part of why I feel like LeBron is the greatest basketball player uh, off the floor. It's because LeBron James embodies the holistic principle of player of player empowerment. Players taking control of their own careers. Look, look, look what happened with Antonio Brown. Look what's going on with Anthony Davis. Look at what's going on with Le'Veon Bell. Players are taking control of their own careers. They're doing things their way. And, and I believe that's going to be a stepping stone for this next, uh, this, this next generation. Um, so, that, like I said, man, it's a lot of stuff going on in the NFL right now. Very happy for Antonio Brown going to a new, going to a new team. Definitely happy for Le'Veon Bell. Odell Beckham goes to the Browns. Um, you know, with OBJ going to the Browns, and you know they have Jarvis Landry. They got David Njoku. They have an excellent defense led with Miles Garrett. Um, they look like a team that can contend to the Super Bowl. Um, the X factor is going to be Baker Mayfield. Can he get these guys the ball? Can he put up enough points? Because I feel like the defense is going to do their job. Um, another point uh, I wanted to talk about um, in talking about you know sports and, and NFL players getting their money, getting their big payday, I want, you, I, want to, I want to tell the listeners one thing. When has there ever been a time you've ever heard of or seen a white NFL player have to hold out to get their money. When have you seen it? Kirk Cousins hasn't proved anything in the NFL. He has a losing record playing teams that are above 500. He gets $28 million. Le'Veon Bell has been arguably the best NFL in our league with Asada Todd Gurley. And you literally have to act up, cut a fool, be the best at what you do at your position just to get a check. Look at Antonio Brown. Do you? Or is that a choice? I, I, feel, I, feel, I feel as though that when you are in a league that's completely dominated with African-American players, Look at some of the players that are the best players at the position, and they are African American. A lot of them have to hold out. Look at look at look at uh, Aaron Donald. You got to sit out of training camp to get your money. You are the best at your position. You have to sit out. Look at Aaron Donald. Look what happened with Atlanta and with Julio Jones. Look what happened with um with, with Odell Beckham. Look what happened with Antonio Brown. Le'Veon Bell. The list goes on and on and on what what players have to do just to get paid. But Derek Carr hasn't proved much. He gets paid. Kirk Cousins hasn't proved much. He gets paid. Matthew Stafford, he gets paid. Why is it that for a lot of these African-American players, they have to go through loops. They have to jump through hoops and cut a fool, cut a monkey, act crazy, go out in the media and say all these other things. You have to be passive aggressive on Twitter just to get paid. To be honest, you don't have to. That's the thing. 
that these people are making choices. Even though the league isn't fair to players, it's still a way, another way to handle yourself besides some of the way that they've done. And obviously they all have agents that negotiate their contracts, which, again, are not guaranteed contracts. So in the next player bargaining agreement, whenever that happens, they need to really push for and argue for these guaranteed contracts. Or if they really are upset, they should all unite and just sit out. If all of them sit out, they would get paid. But you know why they're not all going to sit out? Because all of them really don't care. It's just a selection of people that have to do certain things to get what they want. There's other people that's chilling. That's still nice. But a select few are doing it for whatever reason. Is it just or not just? That's their opinion. That's whoever else's opinion. I think I think a reason why they do that um, is, I guess, in their own way, to bring awareness to the issue. Because I mean, look at Earl Thomas, for example. These guys are the best at their position. Like I said, they want to get paid. And what they fear is, if I get hurt, I'm going to lose out on money. And so, because of all the years you've been great and been underpaid, that last year you can hurt yourself and not see your payday. Now, and I, now the now the uh, another difference is this is football. You put your life on the line here. I mean, look at the concussions. Look at these teared ACLs. We're starting to see more and more now where where players' bones are starting to come through the skin. And, like, injuries are, are, are a little bit more severe now. So that's more of a reason why these players should be paid. And I'm not talking about, you know, below average players. They're just average or just good players. I'm talking about players that are simply the best at their position, I just think they shouldn't have to go through loopholes and bounds uh, just, just to get paid. And, and there's a false narrative. Notice this. Whenever it's time for a player to get paid, especially among a lot of African-American players in the NFL, look at the, look at the narrative the media tries to put in on these players. They're a locker room problem. They are cancer to the team. They are. They have a behavioral issue. They're out of control. They're uncoachable. So when you put that message out to the public, not only are you uh, disparaging other GMs from signing them if they're not going to be with that team, you're going to turn the fan base absolutely against them. And what does that do? That's going to hurt their market value, and that's going to hurt their chances at getting the the type of money that they deserve not getting underpaid again because of some false scrutiny of things that just didn't happen well that's the point in some of these owners eyes they want to actually damage the value of who they're trading because they know how good they are and they know how much of value they are when they go to another team it's not all it's really only about money and power these dudes are billionaires and they have a lot and the players don't have as much, and they pay the player. They own the players, so they get to choose their destiny. And negotiating their contracts, it is you're gonna get this, or the other person has the leverage to say I want to get this, and they come out to an agreement. Either happens or doesn't happen. Now, 
whatever goes on from there, some other stuff that can contribute, say, hate, love, or other values that people may not even know, it's still on the fact of, from the perspective of the player and the owner, business and business. Right. And I, and I, and I, and I get the business side of it. Um, I, and another thing to mention that I, I feel that is true is that why, why, why is it that the NBA doesn't seem to have some of these issues? We may not hear about them. Because if you look in the, if you look in the NFL, you see a lot of issues about guys not getting paid, like you said, the guaranteed contracts. I know the CBA is different. I believe five to ten years, the National Basketball Association is going to surpass the NFL being the most popular sport in America. I'm going to tell you why. Has it already? I believe it has already. It, it, it probably might have might have and just and the reason why I feel like that is is the power structure in the NBA is more inclusive there's more diversity I would say and ball clubs are just simply well I think it's more of an initiative they want to pay players you know what I'm saying they want to they want to keep their own guy guys that they have drafted now is there some some things going on that might not be right, yes. But another reason that can attribute to this is LeBron James. LeBron, LeBron, and I hate to bring it back to LeBron. He's so amazing. I want you to look at LeBron James' power structure and how he has changed the game of the NBA. LeBron James has changed the business side of the NBA in a way in which Jordan could not. The most one of the most powerful tools about LeBron James on the business side is that he cannot be controlled. Before, during Michael Jordan's era, the field and the industry of agents was just monopolized by a bunch of white men who wanted to just eat off these black. NBA contracts. That's what it was. It was a lot of white men. It wasn't a lot of brothers that, that was really involved in, in, in agents back during Jordan's era. LeBron James comes aboard. His best friend is Rich Paul. Rich Paul right now is probably one of the best agents in the entire NBA. Rich Paul has just got Eric Bledsoe deal. Two marquee players in the NBA switch from their representation to Rich Paul, Anthony Davis, and Draymond Green. Rich Paul has so many different athletes. Really good. He has the Morris twins. He has, uh, you know, LeBron, of course. And so basically, what this says is, is that if LeBron James in his Friend group, buddy group that controls they they can control how much player gets paid, how much players get paid, where they go, things like that. So I think so I think for LeBron, he's doing a lot. What a lot of people don't understand is why I think a lot of the, this narrative that players don't like LeBron and all this that's just nonsense. I, I don't think that's true as well. Is it? I think it is. I mean, not. Like, I think not I like think people way. really. 
I think throughout the NBA, LeBron has a much more value and respect among NBA players that a lot of people I think would give him credit for. LeBron, Rich Paul, on the business side of agents, things like that, gets people paid. How does KCP get 18, uh, making 15 to 18 million dollars? How does that happen? People get paid with Rich Paul, and not even do they get paid in the NBA contracts. They get all different types of side money with endorsements and things like that as well. Um, with playing with LeBron James, I think a lot of people would like to play with LeBron. I think that whole narrative is just not true. Um, I think some players that would like to play with him, maybe in positions where they're you know contractually or or with that team. A lot of times, it just, it just can't. It just doesn't work out. I think Damian, as I give you one good example, I think Damian Lillard would love to play with LeBron James. I think players like Mike Conley would love to play with LeBron James. I would never forget when Kyrie Irving proposed a trade to go to the Boston Celtics. I, I remember, I think Damian Lillard tweeted out, why would someone not want to compete for championships every year? Who would want out of that situation? Because the environment is toxic, and it's not always real basketball. It's LeBron James controlling every possession, dribbling up the court, and dictating everything. And you're not winning every season. So here, here, here's my here's my response to that. Here is where players have to get have to learn to be professionals. That's my only knock on NBA players. They don't have the professionalism that it takes that I feel like to play with LeBron James. Let me tell you something. With LeBron, this is not LeBron. LeBron doesn't make these environments toxic. The media makes these environments toxic. But LeBron brings them. No, no, that's not. Listen, listen. When, when LeBron James is the, is the greatest player to ever play basketball, there's going to be a media presence wherever he goes. LeBron James can walk in Food Lion and Raleigh. There are going to be people all around trying to figure out what he buys, what, what, what is he eating. Maybe I should eat that too. Everywhere LeBron goes, there is going to be a media presence. As a professional and as playing with one of the greatest players that has ever played the game, you need to be able to conduct yourself. LeBron James isn't asking Kyrie Irving I remember they asked Kyrie Irving, is LeBron like a father-type uh, figure in your life? And Kyrie was like, no, I have a father. LeBron didn't ask him that question. The media asked him. These journalists are asking. The journalists are making these environments toxic. Not LeBron James. And, and, and playing with LeBron, you have to understand something. When you're playing with one of the greatest players to ever play the game, and when you're playing with somebody that truly threatens the GOAT status of Michael Jordan, LeBron James, in my opinion, has been the only player in NBA history that can actually threaten Jordan's title as the GOAT. There is going to be pressure everywhere he goes. And some people succumb to that pressure. And they can't live up to it. The media makes these environments toxic. It's the greatness of LeBron that brings the media. But if you're not, if if you're not going to be a professional and learn how to handle those type of situations, 
then it's going to be bad for you. That's why the whole young Laker roster is going to get traded. They're not ready. They're, they are they have failed to come to that pressure. They have just basically folded to that pressure. They're not ready. So in the offseason, all of them are going to get traded, and we're going to find some veteran priests to put around LeBron James that's not going to fall to that pressure and actually try to compete for a championship. That's because those dudes are around our age anyway. Those dudes like 20, 20, like 20 or 23-ish. They're still young players still having to develop. But this is the NBA dream. This is what they signed up for. See, see what a lot of people don't understand is the NBA is more than just playing basketball and getting a check. That's why sometimes you have to be careful what you ask for. This is exactly what they wanted. And all of those young players begged LeBron on social media to come to the Lakers. LeBron, we want you to come to L.A. LeBron, we want you to come to L.A. Lonzo, come on, LeBron, come to L.A. Okay. He comes, and now you see how it is. The pressure is real. Like, I, I just, I, like, every night, whenever you beat uh, a bad team in the NBA, you're not going to get celebrated for it. You're supposed to win that game. If you beat a good team, guess what? You were supposed to win that game. You're in this to compete for championship, not win regular season games. That, I mean, that that's why I believe that those young guys are going to get traded. They're not ready, and they have folded to the pressure of playing with one of the greatest players uh, to ever play the game. Well, he already tried to trade him anyway. It just didn't work. Well, I have a conspiracy theory as well on to why the Lakers were going to be very competitive next year. I believe Adam Silver is pissed off that the Pelicans didn't take the deal. They gave you everything. You still didn't take it. That's because they didn't. It's one of the reasons I feel like their GM got fired. One. And then two, with, with the Lakers being out of the playoffs, there are some people who don't even watch basketball. They only watch the NBA playoffs to watch LeBron James. NBA ratings for the playoffs are going to be down this year. Tremendously. They're going to be down this year. And I believe Adam Silver is going to do whatever he can to ensure not only that the Lakers are a playoff team, but the Lakers are competitive and they can compete deep in the playoffs next year because there is a business aspect to the NBA as well to make sure that their brand uh, is being broadcasted the way it should be with the best player in the league. All right. After this, we're going to cut it off. Anthony Davis is still under contract. That's why the trade didn't happen because he's still under the contract. They do not have to trade Anthony Davis. And like you said about players being professional, it's starting to become a lack of order in the NBA with people trying to get out of their contract so early and having all these extended deals and getting all this stuff. Now, whose fault is it? Owners did sign these contracts. They did try to have this little Supermax thing for the players that completely backfired because the Supermax contracts were supposed to keep players. Instead, players just went everywhere but where they were supposed to go. And now you have people angry and everywhere. But at the end of the day, people are still going to be their own individuals. Right. What I have to say to that is this. What the NBA doesn't realize is is that a lot of these players, it's not about the money. 
if, if you're making $150 million and you're telling me I have to stay in the environment where I'm going to lose, but I'm going to make $50 more million, so you turn that to $200 million, you can st- if you have $150 million, you can probably afford the same stuff that you're making. You can probably afford the same stuff if you're making $200 million, okay? It's not about the money. Some of these guys actually care about winning. They actually care about their career. They actually care about their legacy. They actually care about success. They want to win championships. So with that, with that being said, like here's the thing. What do you tell the high school player or the guy that went to high school and he did everything he could to be able to get a D1 scholarship and go to college? All he wanted to do was win. And then he goes to college and all he does is win. Now he wants to get to the NBA. And then when he gets NBA, we're going to tell him, hey, the buck stops here. And the only thing I want you to do or prioritize is just to get a check. No. Man, these, these guys have been wanting to win ever since they started playing the game of basketball. That's the reason why you lace your shoes up every time you go and play. Whether you're playing rec ball, whether you're playing in an intramural league, whether you're playing college basketball, high school basketball, middle school basketball, NBA, overseas, you play to win the game. The check is the check is always good to get the check. Even if it's two hundred and fifty million, something crazy that Anthony Davis is gonna get. But some of these guys prioritize winning. And I think that's that that's mainly you know what he wants to do. Why are guys want to get out of these contracts? They're taking control of their own careers. They're not doing what somebody else wants them to do. They are the CEO of their own brand. These guys are not going to follow the instructions and the demands of billionaire owners. They, there's another reason why I, I feel like LeBron has influenced the NBA. The players have the power. You got, we are the ones to go out here and play every night. And one of the reasons why Anthony Davis proposed to trade, I'm not going to sit up here and take this Supermax, make a whole bunch of ton of money, but lose. I want to be in an environment where I might make less money, but I'm going to be successful. I'm going to win a championship. And I believe at the end of the day, that's going to fulfill his whole happiness. Him taking control of his career and doing what he's doing is best for him and his family. Not what's best for the owner of a, of a, of a badly run organization. All right. So the message here is at the end of the day, do what you want to do and what's best for you. Not what anybody else wants, not what outside forces or or even your parents tell you you should do. Do what you want to do at the end of the day. And that is a wrap for this little interview, I guess we could call it, or actually conversation, matter of fact. Yeah, it's an excellent conversation, man. We, did, we talked about a lot of stuff, man. We talked about LeBron. Uh, we talked about, you know, NFL players. Um, you know, talking about life, you know, I think this was excellent. Uh, definitely looking forward to do this again. Definitely looking forward to do this again. But if you don't leave here with anything, always know. If you didn't take anything away from this podcast, I want you to take away one thing away. LeBron James is the greatest basketball player to ever play the game. If you think so. <laughs> And this is Andre from the Peace Talks Podcast. This is Anthony Mercer. And we're out. Have a great day, evening, night. All of that great stuff. And peace out. Peace out.